You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast. Presented by The Daily Goat. Welcome to episode 14 of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo alongside Peter Alves. Peter, can you believe we're at 14 episodes? You know, it flies by. It was episode one. We're just beginning and my record was clean slate and now it's all ruined it's pretty crazy to think 14 like that's just an absurd number and you know what i feel like uh, each episode is individual in its own way and i think we've gotten better and better and i hope everyone uh, enjoys listening to us yeah we're just hitting our stride we just keep going keep it going steady steady so speaking of steady our picks this week were not no it was <laughs> absolutely terrible backstory oh. went to the casino on friday watch every single one it's pretty bad. You know what? It, I felt pretty confident going into this week, honestly. Like, I really thought there was some good money with Syracuse at plus six. I liked them to win the game. I didn't love them to win the game. Again, they'd make it a close game. But wow, they could not shoot. Houston played great defense. They just couldn't hang. Alabama, my pick to win the entire damn that tournament. That insane, you know? Overtime, last oh, second, three. Yeah, even then, Alabama, they didn't play well. First half, they didn't play well. They got an early foul trouble. They weren't making shots. UCLA beat them. So those are my two losses. And then my win was Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers over the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Orlando Magic who traded off about 95% of the roster at the deadline. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> so one and two total for the weekend picks. Uh, for our Twitter picks that we've been doing every day. So we've been doing a Twitter pick uh, every day that we don't give you guys a pick uh, for our podcast. So you can follow us at underscore ppp picks so in terms of our twitter picks uh for me anyway i went three and two slightly above 500 won some lost some nothing really too notable one of my twitter picks was i had gonzaga i think who did gonzaga just beat they just beat um usc usc and i had them i think it was plus four uh, minus 14 and they kicked the crap out of usc so that was pretty much my lone highlight but yeah so in total if you want to add that all up i was Four and four. Not that Not bad. Not bad, though. 500. So I went three and two on Twitter as well. The one highlight. I got the under right on Tuesday of Gonzaga at USC. But as you said, terrible on the weekend. Went 0 and 3. Actually went to the casino on Friday. Should have just bet Gonzaga. Like, what are we doing? You're right. We got too cute. Like, we did. Why didn't we just do that? So I lost the Cavs over the Lakers. The Lakers blowing them out in the fourth quarter. Arkansas, Oral Roberts, 159 points over under. They hit the under by a lot. All the games hit the under except the uh, overtime game. Yes, that's the one thing in this tournament that's been weird is like the over-under number, there really is no consistent basis. Like you have those teams like Gonzaga. They can put up 70, 75 points a night. But the thing is like they play good defense and they can hold opponents to 50 points. And there's your under right there. So it's been very... Different. I know this tournament's had a lot of underdog stories. Yeah, and a Michigan. Lot of them... Mich- what game was that? Michigan, like yesterday. Yeah, Michigan and uh, UCLA. It was like 40 to 42. I was like, it was really? a defensive showcase. Like, And obviously UCLA pulled off the upset over Michigan, which was a, one of the biggest surprises of the tournament, in my opinion, that we'll get yeah. into later on. But yeah, this tournament, in terms of betting, the, it hasn't been consistent. Yeah, and then I lost on Florida State plus three and a half. They got absolutely destroyed. You couldn't hit a three to save their life. To that Michigan team. Yep. So those are kind of a recap. So let's uh, let's break into our March Madness kind of breakdown a little bit. Uh, so as we discussed, 
Our picks sucked. They blew. They were terrible. Hopefully, we're going to bounce back this week, though. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel halfway uh, decent. Yeah, I mean, one side is going to be right, I think. We'll get to, into that later, but yeah, I think we're, we're being way too cute, I think. We're not picking Zaga. I don't so, think we picked you know, him once. Let's start off with the two heavyweights here. Baylor and Gonzaga, right? Two number one seeds, two undefeated teams. I think Gonzaga, in my opinion, they are a step up this tournament over Baylor. Gonzaga's blown out every opponent they faced by a wide margin. Baylor, on the other hand, they've had some close games. Uh, Villanova, they played him close. So, like, they've kind of been battle-tested. Gonzaga really hasn't. They've kicked the crap out of everybody. So now we're on to the final four, and you look at the teams left, and I think Gonzaga and Baylor are just just a step up, you know? And I think those are the heavyweights, and I think the rest of the talent is all watered down, and they've been whittled away. Yeah, I, obviously this is boring because they're one seeds, and they are obviously got picked by a lot of people, but I hope they face each other in the championship game on Monday. Just destiny, right? I, That's, yeah. Because we'll get into UCLA later, and obviously they're a Cinderella story being the 11th pick, and they had to play in the play-in game like three weeks ago to actually make the tournament anyway. Yeah, crazy. So people will love that in the championship, but I hope they don't make it because A, they'll beat out Gonzaga, and B, I think they'll just get smoked by Baylor or Houston anyway. So I don't know. I just want like a better championship game as it is. So in terms of UCLA, right, like you mentioned, 11 seed, I had to play in that play-in game. Uh, obviously, they've upset teams every step of the way. Now, you look at them now, obviously facing this loaded, like absolutely loaded Gonzaga team. Do you give them any shot at all to upset Gonzaga? I mean, obviously, it's an NCAA tournament, but Gonzaga looks so good. They just blow out any team that's in their way, competition or not. Because obviously, it's not their fault of who they face, but they just look so dominant. Yeah, and I, I think it's a cool underdog story. Obviously, March Madness. You get a few along the way. We had Oral Roberts for a while. Uh, we had Loyola for a while. Like, they, you know, like, they last a little bit. USC, I mean, to some extent, you have them. But eventually, like I talked about last week, those teams get whittled down. Like, eventually, the smoke rises in the the teams that can really play. They don't get upset in the Elite Eight. They don't get upset in the Final Four. And I think that's what we have on our hands now. Now, in terms of a Baylor-Houston, right? Uh, you look at this game, I think it's a little bit different, right? Uh, Houston coming in as a two-seed, Baylor as a one-seed. Houston, in my opinion, they didn't look great first couple games of the tournament, but they really impressed me against Syracuse because I tell you, I thought Syracuse was a real team. They were going to make some real noise, and Houston shut them down. Uh, what do you think of that game? Yeah, I agree. I think Houston, even though they're a two-seed, I think they're a fraud two-seed. You see their... I think so, oh, too. You see their road to the... Final four. It's yeah. pretty ridiculous. 15 seed Cleveland State in the first round. Second round, 10 seed to Rutgers. The third round, 11 seed Syracuse. And, and they almost lost to Oregon Rutgers. State. Yeah, Remember, they almost they lost. Almost lost. They yeah. should have lost that game. So I think they're a fraud two seed, but they're still here. So it's, it's tough to complain. That's why I was just so surprised they beat and covered Syracuse. Because, like, I was looking at that. So I was looking yeah, at my chops. you were really confident for that. I was. I was like, look, like. They sucked against Rutgers. They sucked in the first round matchup. Like they're they're not a good team. Like, but they're here. Syracuse isn't. So yep. And you know, watch you watch Houston is gonna screw us and win the whole tournament. Yep, light up Baylor and just light Light up up Zaga. Zaga. Yep. I think this tournament's been fascinating. Like I think it's been awesome. I'm really excited for this weekend. We have two good games in our hands. Monday's championship game is going to be set up for. uh, 
hopefully a, a really interesting product. I mean, you look at the possible matchups. Gonzaga Baylor obviously leaps off the page, like we talked about, two undefeated teams. And I do think if Gonzaga wins, they will go down as one of the best teams in college hoops history. Yeah, you have to give it to them. Look at the circumstances, right? Again, you could argue about who they played, who they didn't play, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's completely fine. But in this COVID world that we live in, in these circumstances where players are forced to miss games left and right, games are canceled on the fly, rescheduled on the fly, and for them to look so dominant, to me, shows a lot. And they deserve to be in the conversation. man. Like, they really do. Not saying they are number one, but they deserve to have a seat at the table. It's as simple as that. They're 30-0 and 0, or whatever they are. And then you look at the other side of things. If Houston somehow upsets Baylor, Gonzaga Baylor, it's a little bit less of a great storyline. But again, one seed versus two seed. Eh. Now, if it's UCLA, Houston somehow, I mean, that just threw everyone for a loop, right? If UCLA wins on, what is it, Saturday versus Gonzaga, I'm going to root for them on Monday regardless yeah, who they regardless. face. Regardless. You look at that and you're just like, wow, like an 11 seed. And that'll that be amazing. Be that would be amazing. That would be great. So uh, we're excited for the tournament, and we will be sure to tweet out our picks for Monday for the championship game. So be sure to check that out. Again, very exciting. We're going to be ready, and we'll give you our picks for the final four at the end of the show. So let's transition into some NBA action here. So uh, last week, we kind of previewed the NBA trade deadline. Pretty much said, like, LOL. The NBA yeah, this is another thing that we're wrong. Yeah, well, everybody I mean, got moves except the one guy that we we're talking about the whole time. Well, mainly Lonzo Ball, and he yep. didn't even get moved. I think him and Kyle Lowry we kind of like pinpointed as two guys that would likely get moved. Like I pretty much laughed at the thought of like Nikola Vucevic getting moved because I looked, he looked like he was untouchable to me. Uh, Victor Oladipo, I mean, he looked likely. Still, you had guys moving left, right. JJ Redick to Dallas, like it's just crazy. Norman Powell got moved. Uh, Evan Fournier got moved to Boston. Aaron Gordon got moved to <laughs> Evan Denver. Fournier. Stupid fraud. Come on, are you joking? <laughs> he made his first basket today. Well, I don't care. He's looking like Marcus Smart, put 2.0. I do think that was a good deal, giving up two seconds for him, who averages 20 a game, but not a good start for his Celtics career. Vucevic, in my opinion, that's the main takeaway. A Vucevic is a borderline superstar. A guy's an absolute baller. I would do anything for him to be a Celtic, but they, Chicago gave up a lot. Uh, Wendell Carter is a really good player, a plethora of picks. And I do think Chicago has a pretty scary uh, roster now between Levine, Vucevic, uh, if Markram can get healthy, Chicago is on the rise. Orlando, complete sell mode. Aaron Gordon to Denver, like I said. I'm not a huge Aaron Gordon fan, but yeah. Well, you want him on the Celtics, right? No, I didn't. I didn't. Well, no? Here's well, the thing. rumored for that. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, I wouldn't have gave up smart form. That was the whole thing. Like, I don't think Gordon's that good personally. I think he's better than like, Fournier, but like, eh, I don't know. Gordon doesn't really push the needle for me too, too much. There's rumors going around now that Smart's going to get moved this offseason, which doesn't make sense because why wouldn't they just move him a week ago? Well, you look at it and maybe let's say they all like Smart. They don't want to destroy the locker room midseason. I don't know. Maybe there wasn't just an appropriate offer. I do think the Celtics are going to make some waves this offseason. Like, I think there's a chance Bradley Beal could get moved, and I think they're going to be in on him. I think Kemba Walker is absolutely gone. Like, I'd put a significant amount of money that Kemba Walker will not be a Celtic next year. Like, a significant amount of money, Peter. Yep, and fast See, forward uh, six six more months. And he'll sign an extension. Yeah. <laughs> get the bird rights or whatever. Yep, exactly. Uh, Rondo ended up getting moved from the Hawks to the Clippers. I think yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a weird move. That's a sneaky, low-key move. Uh, Lou Will ended up getting moved to Atlanta. 
That one caught me a little off guard. Lou Will's been in the Clippers for a long, long time. Sixth man of the year numerous times. Rondo was obviously... Uh, well, they need a point guard because Beverly's yeah. been out forever. Uh, you look at last year's NBA Finals, Rondo was imperative for that Lakers team. Uh, he was great. Now I think he's going to try to do the same thing with the Clippers. Won't make a difference. Is he going to go sure. in as a Laker when he goes in the Hall of Fame? Or is he going to go as a Celtic? Well, if he makes it. So right now I think he's borderline. Really? He's going to Yeah. Make it. I think he... He's got well, he's got two now. If he keeps doing his thing, yeah. Hmm. Ugh, I don't. That's a really tough question. Yeah, I don't know. Because I wanted to go as a Boston, obviously, but like I think he's gonna go to L.A. All said and done. All right. So if you were to ask him, I think he would like to go down with like Pierce and Gar- like I think he's close with Pierce Garnett, that whole crew, in terms of the Celtic like regime. He likes all that stuff. Uh, but I think the Lakers chip might have meant more for his legacy. Yeah. So I, that's an interesting point. I'm not sure. Did they retire his number, the Celtics? Did they? No, Brad want to make it more. Oh, okay. He's the last Celtics to wear. I don't think anyone wears number nine now. But no, he he right, he mind. was not in that echelon. But you're right. They retire that, everybody's number, so that's all yeah, I was he, asking. Except Ray Allen. No, Gordon Hayward and who's got who's got twenty now? I don't know. They give that out like it's wildfire. Like uh, no more on the Red Sox number yep. five. Twenty is a sharp looking number, and yeah. Rip to Ray Allen. Ray Allen's another one. Uh, obviously, he didn't get his number retired. In, but where did he just get his number retired? Was it? Uh, he just got his number retired a couple of years ago. I forgot where it was. Miami. I don't think Miami did it, but oh, they saved him. That is true. Uh, nonetheless, in terms of the Rondo conversation, that, that's an interesting point. We can, we'll talk about in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, another move. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge signed with Brooklyn. And Andre Drummond uh, signed to the Lakers. Any takeaway on uh, those particular signings? No, I mean, just the super teams get super. And it's going to be the Nets versus the Lakers. It should be anyway. Yeah, I mean, who else would it be? That's have a literal super just, team. Just as you, long as the Lakers don't slide down or like 7-8 yeah. seed with no yeah, LeBron, no AD. Exactly. And LeBron, Shams reported today he could be out three to five more weeks. So that's significant. That's a long length of time. I think you're probably right with the Lakers Nets prediction, but if the Lakers do fall really low in the seating here, I think there's a chance Utah gets out of the West. I don't think you can count out the Clippers just because of the talent on the team. I don't love the Clippers at all, but eh. Denver, I mean, is another team. Jokic, Jamal Murray, I mean, they're in at least the running if you take away the Lakers. But So Drummond, 27 years old from the Pistons. Shout out Noah Burns. Remember, he was averaging like 20 rebounds a game, whatever it was. Like, yeah. rebounding machine. Obviously, he's not the same player now. He can't defend a lick. But I think he'll be a good, impactful player for the Lakers, obviously, without Davis. So they needed a big man. Uh, Aldridge, I don't know how much gas he has left. And I really don't know how much he's going to play. I hope Drummond has some gas left in the tank. He hasn't played since like February 12th. Yeah, no, he hasn't played in a while. But yeah, I've been on a fantasy team. He's been sitting. Do you believe he, Drummond's only 27? I know. I feel like he's been in the league forever. I, like, it feels like he's been in the league forever. Obviously, with Detroit and Cleveland, I would have guessed he's 32, 33. Nope, 27. In his, late, in his mid to late 20s, crazy. And he already looks like he's over the hill. Yeah. We'll get another bag, though. Yeah, he does he well on the well. Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's possible. Any other takeaways for uh, the NBA trade deadline? Oh, we, uh, Victor Oladipo is another one. He ended up getting moved. I like Victor Oladipo, but his injury history concerns me a little bit. Th- th- but the Heat didn't give up much to get him. Yep, it's always the same teams that always does stuff. The Heat, the Nets, everybody. The Celtics just, uh, obviously they made a deal for Fournier. And they got rid of Tice, thank God. But yeah, I, I like Tice better than Mo Wagner. 
but I guess that's just me. But I, I do I understand what you're saying. The warmer climates in the NBA, they uh, reign supreme. I know, always do, Dude, always will have do. Significant advantage over a team. That's why I think like what Utah and like Denver do is like super impressive. It's like you're in Utah, like yeah. You like, that means you need to draft well and you need to convince guys to stay. Like that's that's difficult. Same thing with Giannis and the Bucks. Like I don't know how they convinced them to stay, but they did. Imagine if you're Toronto, right? You'll come up to Toronto, like, or yeah. even this year where they're like, "Yeah, we don't even know if like where we're gonna play." Obviously, they're playing in Florida now. But yeah, like back when COVID like first happened, they're like, "Yeah, we don't know where you're gonna play, so like that's a mystery." So ripped your family and like, you're yeah, you're probably gonna like stay in lockdown because you probably can't see your family in Canada anyway. Like the people that were yeah. in Toronto in the first place, yeah. Like, granted, you're like a national icon, and opposed to like a regional like icon. Because, again, if you play for the Raptors and for Kawhi, remember Kawhi had the whole country bowing down to him. But there was no shot Kawhi was going to stay in Toronto. <laughs> no. no like, there's no shot. I, I'm sure he liked the people there and, like, he liked the fans, like, all that crap. But there was no chance he was signing away four years of his life. But if I was Toronto, could... I'd do that all over again. And oh, a me too. Oh, a, th- a million percent. You, that's why you got to take your swings. It's all worth it. You best trade with the Dodgers. They already won a championship. It's already worth yeah, it. You, again, championships... They don't, especially in the NBA, if you don't have that guy, like you're done. Like if Toronto ends up again, they're not having the year. They're not really having a great year, but it's still worth it for them. I mean, Kyle Lowry's aging. He's done, but they have a great GM. They have a good coach and they're going to draft well. And Toronto will eventually find its way back. Yeah. I take that every day of the week. The championship. Me too. The diamond dozen like Noah Burns. You'll probably never see it. Uh, (sighs) come Or even Matt. Ah, ripped to rough in the basket, Noah Burns. We're going to move on to the National Football League here. So sorry, Noah, we're not going to be talking about any Lions today. So, ah. But Matt, don't you wait. We will talk about the Dolphins. And <laughs> You're right. Let's start off with the Dolphins. Well, mainly with the 49ers here. Uh, so the San Francisco 49ers, they swung for the fences. They traded the 12th overall pick, a 2022 third round pick, a first round pick in 2022 and 2023 to the Miami Dolphins for the number three selection. So the 49ers move up nine spots to take the quarterback of the future. What do you think of the deal? Uh, Were you surprised? Uh, Do you think they gave up too much? Do you think uh, the offer was appropriate? What are your takeaways? What do you think they're taking? What do you think? So you know better than me. Who do they think are they going to take? Because there's no way Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stay there, obviously. Zero zero shot. That is absolute crap. I don't care what anybody tells me. I wrote about it. Multiple yeah, times, there's zero shot because so, you don't do that for no, and what well, like, you don't a wide receiver again, Garoppolo. Yeah, no, yeah, you don't give up three Jamar first Chase. round picks for Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. Nonetheless, good like they forecast to be good players. Nonetheless, I think so. Kyle, all right, so this is what a lot of people are kind of saying. So, Kyle Shanahan, right, been around the block. So, when he was Atlanta in Atlanta, coached Matt Ryan, right? So, picture Matt Ryan, prototypical quarterback, right. Okay, and then you want to transition to Kirk Cousins, right? Who's a big fan of so Kyle Shanahan's a big fan of Kirk Cousins. Remember those rumors a couple of years ago before Garoppolo was traded to San Fran? Oh no, San Fran wanted that. Kirk Cousins. Yep. So again, those two quarterbacks, right? Kind of pocket passers. You look at the pocket passers of this upcoming draft class, and Mac Jones is the one that kind of sticks out. So Mac Jones, he's accurate, makes good decisions, uh, very good football awareness, smart, similar. To Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, similar to that kind of player. Not very athletic, 
many people call him fat. Like Brandon Carr calls him the the Bob Belcher of uh, quarterbacks. Wait, who is it? Uh, Brandon Carr calls him Bob Belcher. No, no who? Mac Jones. Oh, this is a little chubby. What do you see? Uh, Belichick at his pro day. Yeah, he missed somebody right. like thirty yeah, yards, he, and he's he like, like, shook ah. his head. He's, he's like, like ah. no, nope, not for me. I like Jones personally. A lot of people don't like Jones because of his lack of athleticism. Personally, I don't give a rat's ass about that. If you're accurate, you know what you're doing. You can read a defense. I think that means a lot. So Chris Sims of Pro Football Focus, who is a close friend of Kyle Shanahan, like close, close friend. Like, I'm not joking when I say this. Like, they were going to get matching tattoos together. Like, there was a story <laughs> out. Like I'm, like, I'm not joking. That's mad funny. And he tweeted, he goes, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, Mac Jones would be a perfect fit there. Uh, they're not trading up for a project. Mac Jones is NFL ready. And of the available quarterbacks, Mac Jones is the most available ready that will be available for them. Zach Wilson is probably going to get taken by the Jets. And Trevor Lawrence is obviously going to Jacksonville. Now, for some reason, if the 49ers... Like Justin Fields? You just not I'm, there I'm just going to get into it. Oh, I'm just going to get into it. Sorry. So if the 49ers... No, you're good. If the 49ers are duping everyone, there's two other options, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. So Trey Lance is more of a project. So a lot of people are saying like, well, if they really want to keep Garoppolo, which is complete bullshit, because Trey Lance isn't ready. So Trey Lance played one game last year, like one game, one single game. He played his last full season in 2019. He's very raw, but people look at him and they think he can be, he could translate into a really, really good NFL player. Like his comparison is kind of like Cam Newton, except he can actually throw the ball. (laughs) I'm not joking. And then Justin Fields is another one. No, no one's really talking about Justin Fields to the Niners much. Justin Fields' stock has dropped significantly. Now, why I think you could argue that he didn't play his best football. Well, even in the championship game, right after, they're still like, yeah, Jets are taking him at number two. Yeah, he just kind of faded a little bit, and Zach Wilson kind of ascended. I think some people are a little worried about Justin Wilson. Maybe it's an Ohio State. I'm not Justin Wilson. Uh, uh, Justin Fields. Maybe it's an Ohio State thing. I think you could make an argument, but the, I guess the same argument can be made about Alabama. And there's your joke to Matt. I don't know. I for me personally, like Matt. I like, this time I didn't say it. Jason did. I set you up to say it. Nope. I like Fields. I don't love him. I Fields is the kind of guy I think if he's in the right system, he can be a real, really good player. Now I think if the wrong team drafts him and like doesn't set him up to succeed like he's going to suck. So if I were to guess, I think the 49ers are going to go with Mac Jones in essence. They got to go with somebody. There's no way they trade all that capital for exactly overall pick just for Jamar Chase. Like you said, a lot of people are like, oh, Mac Jones isn't even a first round talent. Yada, yada, yada. Like, you know what? Quarterbacks, you can throw the, the talent out the window. It's a quarterback driven league. Like, I don't care how good Jamar Chase is or Kyle Pitts. Like there'll be another highly recruited receiver in the following draft class. It's just how it is. And at the end of the day, how many of those number one receivers actually win a damn thing? Yeah. And if you need a quarterback, you just trade up for the world for that, you know? Exactly. So that's going to be there. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. And if it's not Jones, I'm going to say Trey Lance. So that's my prediction anyway. So after the Dolphins acquired the 12th overall pick, they ended up flipping it to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, at number six overall. Eagles sent the sixth overall pick and a fifth rounder. For that number 12 overall pick in a fourth rounder, along with a 2022 first round pick. So the Dolphins utilize some of their assets uh, to move back up to number six overall. So the Dolphins, you can start talking about Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Mac Jones. There you go, man. <laughs> they will not. We'll tell you one thing. Them trading down absolutely signifies the two as the guy. Because if they had any doubt. Boo. But you can rash on Tua for another year. So this is probably yeah, a good thing for you. 
Dolphins are going to go skill position. Again, one of the receivers, whether it's Waddle, Chase, Devonta Smith, could be Kyle Pitts, the tight end, could be a, one of the highly ranked linemen, but I think they go offensive skill position. And now the Eagles back themselves to 12. You look at that. This officially means they're going to ride with Jalen Hurts in 2021. What were they before? I feel like they were like close to that anyway, right? They were six. So they, they moved from six to 12. No, no, no. Like before they even traded. Oh, wait. They were six? They were six. Yep. Wait, the Eagles? Yes. Oh. So the Eagles were six. And they got. They, they sucked, did. bro. Really? Yeah, bro. They sucked. Dude, worse than the Patriots? All right. It was terrible, man. The Eagles, nonetheless. Um, COVID brain. That's okay. That's okay. Eagles had a bad year. Obviously, things with Wentz and Doug Peterson, it was a mess. So they're going to probably go with one of the receivers on the back end there, whether it's pretty much whichever skill positions the Dolphins don't take, the Eagles are probably going to end up with. And the Eagles now acquire an extra first-round pick in the process. So the Eagles quietly acquiring these first-round picks. I kind of wrote about it a little bit. I'm just like, hmm. So they obviously dealt Wentz for it could be a first-round pick if those incentives hit. And now they acquire uh, another first-round pick from the Dolphins. So now, like, you're just like, hmm, why are they acquiring all these first-round picks? Are they looking to make a big splash or maybe offer for Russell Wilson or if things with Deshaun Watson end up clearing up? Or yeah, but they our... just traded Hurts, though. Or drafts to Hurts, though. You see, here's the thing. I don't think they really believe in Jalen Hurts. Then they wouldn't have traded away Carson Wentz. No, I, I, here's the thing. Like, Wentz didn't want to be there. He wasn't showing up. Like, Wentz was not playing. Like, he was done. He asked for out, and I think the Eagles wanted to get out of that money. I don't think the Eagles are really a believer on Hurts. I think they're going to give him 2021. So I'm not saying this is going to happen this year. I'm saying in the future. Hurts is the quarterback for 2021, 100%. But let's say, like, he does not end up playing well, and he ends up floundering in 2021. I could see a scenario where the Eagles look to trade up for their quarterback of the future or maybe try to acquire an established veteran. I don't know. The Eagles are a team to watch for the future because they have a lot of holes. They're a really rebuilding team, and I don't think they're sold on Hurts. But I guess we'll see about the Eagles. Yeah. Do you I like Jalen Hurts? So. Yeah, I mean, he's all right. What he played, I mean, he did what he had to do. Yeah, I think he's okay. He's still way early. So Again, but yeah, it's, it's way early, and I think they're going to give him 2021. But if they do for whatever, really suck with him, I think they're going to pull the plug early, and I think they're where they're going to trade up for a quarterback, draft a quarterback, or – try to take a swing at a guy like Russell Wilson. Uh, again, if Watson becomes available, if Kirk Cousins becomes available, something like that. All right. Any other uh, NFL topics? Anything on Tua or the Lions for Noah? No. I mean, we could do the 17-game schedule if you want. That just oh, yeah. So that's, no, that's another thing I Tuesday. forgot to mention. Yeah. So what do you think of the 17-game schedule? It's going to be weird because teams aren't going to go 9-7, 7-9. I mean, I get it. They should do as many games as they want because, you know, revenue is just going to be piling in as it is. And more football is more fun for everybody else. But it's going to be money. weird to adjust to. Yeah, and more money for the owners. So the preseason is now going to be cut to three games likely, which is good because, I mean, preseason, whatever. So I think it's going to be weird, though, because one team's going to have the nine home games and eight home games. So it's going to be, I don't know. Is it going to be like every other? Is it gonna yeah, be I like, believe you that's You get nine this year. You get eight. Like the Patriots this coming year have nine. Uh, the oh. Dallas Cowboys will be their ninth home opponent. So I don't know how that's like – Finesse. Wait, wait, the Cowboys are going to face the Patriots? Again, yep, they played them in 2019. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's a that's a game you can circle on your calendar. But I, it'll be it'll take to get used to because they've had a 16-game schedule since like 1976. 
A lot of the uh, records are going to be broken. Yeah, that's another fair point. That could be. I, I wonder if, like, again, I don't know how far this extra week's going to go, but do you think it might shorten some careers? I don't know. Maybe, like, a sh- like a catastrophic injury, but probably not. Yeah, I was thinking that. I mean, I know because a lot of people are like, oh, no, records, yada, 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 and I think that's true. But I guess maybe for not the quarterbacks, but just from other positional players. Maybe like running backs after a while, but yeah, it's going to be like years down the road, though. You're going to need some depth, you know, because I think the NFL eventually want to go to an 18-game schedule. I think that's the ultimate goal. It's not going to happen for the next couple of years, but next five years. Anyway. People are going to cry about the buys, though. They're either going to be way too early or they're going to be like week 15, and people are going to like cry. Yep, so there's still going to be one buy uh, for now anyway. I think I do think if they get the 18-game schedule, I think they'll do two buys. But whenever that is. Yeah. But yeah, if you get a week four by, that that sucks. Yeah, I know. You're going to play like 13 that? straight games, yeah. right? Ugh, that sucks. So I think depth is going to be uh, crucial for those kind of things. Yeah. It'll be interesting to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Fancy football is going to be fun, too. That's good. I didn't even think of that. So it'll be an extra week. Yep. Oh, that's there we go. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. All right. So as the NFL offseason kind of, I don't want to say winds down, but. Obviously, the free agent frenzy has kind of done its part. You know, we're kind of just waiting for the NFL draft and all that kind of thing. Uh, with NFL draft season, it means it's time for baseball. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell today. yeah, Peter. Opening day is today. today. <laughs> Happy opening day. Finally, under 62 game schedule. Get that 60 game COVID shortened season out of here. Yep. Back to the quote unquote normal. All right, speaking of COVID, what do you think of the concerns with the Red Sox and Nationals? What do you think? Do you think they can actually like do the finish the season 162? Listen, if they could get through the Marlins fiasco last year, I think they can do anything. But it's pretty scary that opening day is today and the Nationals already have an outbreak and the Red Sox had a little outbreak that wasn't real, which I don't get. So like Matt Barnes was like a false positive, I guess. So they ruled him as a positive but non-infectious. Don't know what that means. Yeah, and then, like, the Nationals have, like, three staff members and, like, four players. I don't think they've been announced yet, but that could be pretty bad. But how many did the Marlins have last year? Like, 30? Oh, like, they 20? Had like, they had, like, 23 out of there, like, 30. As the NBA does it and, like, the NHL does it, they'll figure it out. It's fine. Hopefully, you just got to hope for the best. I'm excited for Major League Baseball this season. I think the product is going to be good. There's a lot of exciting storylines, and I think everyone needs a good baseball season. You know, I think... Last year just wasn't the same. Postseason, I think it really was not. I think it was good baseball in the postseason, but it was tough to get excited for those like doubleheader seven innings. Like, well, those are still going to thing. Which is, still... um, yeah. Oh, uh, why you don't like that? No, not really. I don't know why you don't want like nine hours of baseball. What about yeah. for the people? Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's true from like a viewership perspective, anyway. Yeah. Or like the second base thing is going to be a thing and. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Like, I think that's okay. Is that going to be, is that a thing in the postseason though? I don't know. I that don't better not think be. so. I don't think so. I think it's kind of like a, um, you know how in like hockey, they like, obviously they're like the regular season, like shoot out, like whatever. Yeah. Shoot on sort of thing. It's three on three overtime. Correct. Yeah. Five. So I think it's, they'll probably do that. Yeah. I, like that kind of thing. Well, it's needed for baseball, like game, like 83 out of like 162. And you're like sitting there, like, 10 hours in, you're like, come on, seriously. Yeah. And I think obviously pace of play is concern. So that'll, again, who knows? Uh, those extra inning games, 
they can be long, you know. Yeah, has me hyped though. Open today is always great. Oh yeah, I'm excited. I think there's a it's gonna be good. Very exciting. Let's get into a few topics in the world of Major League Baseball. So, David Price getting moved to the bullpen, huh? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean that's what you get for opting out of the last season. But I mean those reports going around that he was already expecting this move anyway, which is, is he just insane. But. I mean, that's tell you what, that just tells you how great that Dodgers rotation is. That's my main takeaway. My main takeaway isn't the price sucks. It's just that the Dodgers are loaded. Yeah, I know. It's insane. They just get Trevor Bauer and then everything's in a row. Yeah, I, again, Dodgers are our World Series picks. So we'll see how it goes. Oh, another thing that uh, came out today. I don't know if you saw it. According to John Heyman, I think he reported it. There's going to be no DH in the National League. Oh, yeah, because... Who was that pitcher? I think Zach Godley from the Diamondbacks already got hurt because he was swung weird. He's out like something like that, yeah. Months, which is insane. Listen, like your seventy-five-year-old like baseball writers that want to see pitchers bat. Like, why don't you want DHs? Like, come on. It's between the Players Association and just like I, like, I personally I don't get it though. Like, I understand that. Like Nate, for example, he hates that the, there's no DH. Like, he hates like he thinks it's so unfair. Yada yada. And for me, anyway, I think it's it'd be so beneficial for all parties. Like, Major League Baseball wants offense. You're going to get offense. For example, J.D. Martinez, if he is free agency. He can't go to any NL team. Like, yeah, it cuts no. off half his market. It's and insane. It's just, and, like, when you're playing the World Series, you're playing two different rules. Exactly. Like, it's, it's two different styles. Like, I understand, like, the National League style is a lot more strategic in terms of pinch hitting and all that crap. But just give them the DH. It's what people want to see. Yeah. And the MLB isn't, they're not in a situation where they can dictate, like, this old-fashioned stuff. Not anymore, anyway. No, not anymore. Another newsworthy newsworthy topic is the old playoff format. Yeah, there was a report on ESPN that said they can vote on it in the middle of the season, but for now, which is really, really weird. Stupidest thing ever. Yeah, it's going to be two playoff teams. Well, wild card teams. I'm totally okay with that, but like, I just want to know for certain. Like, how do you enter a season? And you're like, yeah, well, we're just gonna we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the NBA did that sort of like the yeah, nine, like, ten, eight, nine, ten, eleven seeds. But like that was like a COVID. Like that was like, like working on the fly. Like this is like you had an off season and like, yeah, kind of like the NBA. They yeah, they pieced it together and stuff. And Major League Baseball pieced it together too. Like last year, like I understand, but like how do we not know here? Like. It's April 1st. Like, I don't know. Same thing with the DH thing. Like, how do you not know there's going to be freaking DH until, like, today? Yeah, I know, because that would really mess up, like, the offseason. Like, seriously, your manager sitting there, and you're like, so, like. So, it's like, Kershaw going to bat tomorrow? Like, or is this... like, like, Jake DeGrom, like, you going to hit? Like, do I do I have you take BP? Like, what, what, what yeah. are we doing? You going like, to practice bunts? Or like, seriously, like, come on. Like, who am I going to, who am I, who's my DH? Like, do I need one? Like, I probably have two lineup cards ready to go for, the, for uh, today. Yeah, probably. It's crazy to me. So for the old playoff format, that, like you talked about, so if it stays that way, if, if, uh, who are your two wildcard teams for the American League? So I really think it's going to be the Twins, and then obviously I had to put the Red Sox in, but if the Red Sox doesn't go in, I think it's going to be A's. Going with the Twins and the Red Sox. I'm really liking the Twins and the Red Sox. And to me anyway, I know we might come across as bias and stuff like that, but we talked about it numerous times. I don't think the American League is a strong league this season. I think there's a lot of holes and a plethora of different teams. But then if you want to play devil's advocate, the Red Sox are already dealing with COVID trouble. Erod's already hurt. And like, yeah, definitely not a great sign. 
But I mean, the Red Sox have a real opportunity to get the second place in the popularity standings. Because Bruins blow and the Celtics should get off my face. So they could just slide right in to find the Patriots. Or they could again. falter and crater. Yeah, they, this first week is going to be really, really interesting. I, I tell they you, if they again, like, no. If they start off hot, like, let's say they start first 20 games. Let's say they start, like, 13 and 7, right? Mm-hmm. I think they will get a lot of people's attention. I really do. I think everyone will be like, all right, like, I think we have a baseball team. Like, Cora's back here. Like, let's go. Yeah, I know. It just better not be like last year because a ton of people will be like, really, this again? Like, oh, my goodness. Serious? Like, I remember, like, the hype surrounding opening day when it happened. Everyone was pretty psyched because they won, like, like 14 to 2 versus the, like, Orioles. Nate Evaldi, like, pitch lights out. Yeah, again, I remember right, that. Let's and, go. Like, it doesn't matter. No, Cora, like, we were matter. exactly. It's just, but remember, we were excited to see sports in any yeah, echelon. We we're just like, true. all right, like, granted, like, Cora's gone, but, like, the roster's still got some pieces. Like, you know, like, COVID year, like things get weird. It's a 60 game season. You just got to sneak in. Like it didn't happen. (laughs) So uh, how about the national league? I I think we have the same on this one. Yeah. The Padres and Braves. I don't think anybody can touch the Padres and it's either going to be the Braves or the Mets. Whoever doesn't win, you know, East. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think the Braves in my opinion. Yeah. Again, the NL East, the NL West, whichever teams don't win that division are going to win the wild card spots. Uh, any other uh, baseball topics uh, that you want to hit on for opening day? Sox kid. Oh, uh, you want to plug your uh, your articles? Oh, yeah. Peace Platoon. Just watch out. I mean, probably every series, but definitely every week. I'm going to be breaking down the Red Sox games that happen and seeing if they piss me off or not. Um, that's exciting. I'm sure uh, if you followed uh, Peter's writing from The Walking Dead. Trash show. Trash. I, I don't know. You were pretty psyched about your last article. Yeah, I know. Better not let me down. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to our picks of the weekend. So we're we going to give you guys one pick on Friday and two picks on Saturday, which will be the final four picks. So, Peter, uh, what's your pick for Friday? So my Friday pick, happy opening day. So Dodgers over the Rockies. So Bauer is supposed to be starting on Friday. I don't even know who's going to start versus the Rockies because they have – German Martinez, and that's it on the Rockies, and the Rockies are absolutely trash. So just keep it rolling. Nobody be stupid and pick against the Dodgers until they actually show you that the Dodgers aren't going to be the Dodgers. So, yeah, Dodgers over the Rockies. All right, so you're going with the Dodgers. I'm going to go to the NBA world here. I'm going to go over the, Celt- the Celtics to defeat the Houston Rockets. Rockets, man. Uh, they won the other day uh, to break their 20-game losing streak, but – uh, they are the worst team in the NBA, arguably. Uh, Christian Wood, he's sick. Uh, he's probably not going to play on Friday. He's pretty much their only positive they got going for them. Uh, the Rockets are 7-16 and 16 on the road this season. And it's grand to how bad the Celtics have played uh, the last couple games. There's no way they lose to this Houston Rockets team. That's also my premium pick of the week. That's like the uh, Buffalo Sabres in the NHL. They lost like 23 games in a row. They finally won like a few days ago. So. Yeah, it, same path. Same yeah. path. Let's talk with some final four here. You want to give yours? Houston Baylor game. I have the under of 135. So last round really opened my eyes to how much the offense isn't really a thing and they don't know what they're doing. So I, that's why I just picked the under. Houston has only hit the, the over 48% of the time, 14 out of their 29 games this year. And they're the Houston defense and the Baylor defense are really good. They only surrender three points together per game. And that hard hits the under by 12 points. So I think that game's going to hit the under. And then my premium pick of the week 
is Gonzaga minus 14. I just don't want to be stupid. The Gonzaga is rolling to the tournament. We said in the beginning of the show, they're undefeated. They're 4-0 versus the spread this tournament. They won a combined games of all their four games in the tournament by 96 points. So I think Gonzaga is just going to roll through, smash the 14. Because they got a bunch of high spreads, obviously, in the first, second, and third round. And I think this is a record of, like, the highest spread in the final four, like, ever. It has to be, right? I don't know the exact number, but it's got to be. That's a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, for me, anyway, uh, first game, uh, Baylor. I like them minus five uh, over Houston. Baylor, I think they've proven throughout this tournament they can win in a couple different ways. So coming into the tournament, they were primarily a high-scoring team. Uh, they shot great from the three, uh, 41.8% from three, which is best in the tournament. But this tournament, they've been challenged. Like I mentioned, Villanova. Uh, so they've been really battle-tested, and I think that could uh, really help this in this game against Houston. Uh, not to mention uh, Baylor is 8-3 and three against the spread uh, when they're favored by fewer than 10 points. And like I said, I think it's going to come down to them being battle-tested. They know what it takes. It's going to be a gritty game. I really like your pick uh, with the under. I think it's going to be a really defensive game. I like Baylor minus 5. And then for the night game, uh, Gonzaga minus 14 over UCLA. I'm not picking against Gonzaga. Uh, I have no reason to. Nothing uh, that I've seen uh, in this tournament uh, has showed me why I shouldn't roll with Gonzaga all the way through. Gonzaga, again, they've won four tournament games by an average of 24 points. That's unstoppable. And I think it, another really key point that we talked about at the beginning of the show, Gonzaga and Baylor, it's just destined to happen. So that, that's, that's who I'm going with here. I, I like Baylor and Gonzaga to get to the championship game on Monday. And I like Zaga big. And I like Baylor comfortably. Hopefully they all win for you. We get the same thing, basically. Yeah. I mean, I have the under and the Dodgers, but I feel like do well. Which one's your premium pick? Gonzaga minus 14. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid premium. You know, uh, yeah, but you know. They're going to win by 13. Backdoor cover. Yep. UCLA three. You're like, okay, that's good. One thing that, like, you kind of think about, again, what if Gonzaga's blowing them out by, like, 22 minutes left? Gonzaga's going to pull out their starters. They're going to put their bench players in, and then... Oh, that's all right. I mean, it's always that way. That's, that's how it goes. But those are our picks uh, of the week. Uh, any final thoughts, Peter? You ready for baseball? Yeah, just have a nice opening day and root for whoever you want to root for for the NCAA tournament. And thank God that happened with no COVID licks, except in the first round with Oregon. That's another key but, thing. That, yeah, you know. exactly. Yep. I mean, knock on wood here. Like, you got to give the NCAA its credit. You're one, only one team had COVID. Yep. And that was way in the beginning. Yep, and they took care of that swiftly, and that was it. Yep. All right, Peter, thank you very much, and thank you all for listening. Say hi.